We'll synchronise those. Cool. Are we starting? Hello. Hi. We've been talking a while, but this is the official start official of the conversation. Start. Yeah, it's really it's really interesting trying to figure out like what do people want to hear? What's important? What's relevant on or what just sounds like we're just chatting shit and just two mates having talking shit or two mates talking stuff which other people actually want to hear. Exactly. So, I mean, I like most things in life believe in just winging it. You probably advisedly want to have a little bit more of an idea of what we're going to talk about beforehand so we've got a couple of things that we're going to touch on um which you've picked out so why don't you start us off with that hmm. well we'll go with the the easy stuff of like hurrah fucking lockdown has been lifted Stand pretty much and i was initially saying i'm not going to go out in the first few weeks i'm going to wait it out and see what all these degenerates do and like how crazy it gets and then we're probably going to have a second wave but i ended up going to the pub last yesterday <laughs> afternoon with a few of my girls and it was probably the most uh mature responsible outing we have ever had like you know when you get to the pub you've got to like do some online shit you know because now obviously they all have your data and google and oh, everything. Really? All, yeah, yeah yeah so what's the process to go into so the pub? um you basically have to, to do a scan of the code, which they've got some code, which takes you directly into some government website, and then you just put in your information, and then if someone... Oh, uh, wait, is this part of the whole track and trace thing? Yeah, exactly. So if someone who ends up being in the pub happens to get COVID or whatever, then they'll send you a lovely email to say, by the way, when you came and had a pint, <laughs> the guy sitting two people down from you uh, got COVID and you may have it, so go get yourself checked out think that's basically all it comes right, down okay. to um but it's all table service which is lovely nice. no queuing at the bar oh, so we were sitting outside no Long one live COVID. no <laughs> one yeah exactly no one in close proximity table service um surprisingly the drinks were still in glasses because i was actually thinking they were going to do like plastic cups but food comes in paper plates or little boxes right okay so again you know which was fine but it was just very civil and like I, I had the, I guess if you which, go to which a, pub was I mean which we was, was I mean we in? was in Maida Vale so uh, okay. yeah I guess it's completely different depending on where what area you're in I saw some pictures of people in Soho and Covent Garden and it looked like like mad so when you say mad just like business uh, as usual just yeah, but out. like hundreds of people on the street like no social distancing whatsoever right. and everyone just out for a party basically so and that's what I was kind of expecting everywhere but I think a lot of people you know us mature adults we want to see our friends but we're gonna we're gonna be sensible about it yes yeah, so i i heard a point on the radio i think i was listening to lbc the other day and one of the presenters i can't remember who it was that who it was i think it was it might have been nick ferrari in the morning in fact it was nick ferrari who was interviewing boris johnson and i was like why did you decide to reopen pubs on a weekend like do it on a tuesday mm -hmm. like or some random like you know school night yeah, where yeah. start it slowly Start off slowly. Don't open the pubs on the weekend, and you and know, also payday as well. <laughs> you know, like payday. <laughs> yeah, like on payday in a country with like drinking culture, and then you're basically you're just you're setting it up for everyone to just dive into the pub. Mm. And I don't know if this is part of the whole you know herd immunity strategy, mm. and they're just they're actually trying to up infection rates somewhat, or what it is. I, I don't know. It just seemed a bit stupid to me to open it mm. on a Saturday. I felt like a Tuesday or a Wednesday might have been more no, of an appropriate day. I totally day. agree. But I actually don't know. I mean, I don't know what how other people have felt, but I think people have been like basically going out to parks 
getting pissed anyway. People have been going to people's gardens getting pissed anyway. So just doing it in a pub was really not that different. I've, I mean, to be honest, the last three coming on four weeks now, I've basically... I'm not going to say stopped giving a shit. Uh, I've not, like, abandoned all concept of, like, social distancing. I'm still doing things like, you know, I bought some hand gel, so I'm still, like, if I go in or out of, like, a public place or a pub or... Not a pub. Like, you know, the shops or whatever. I'll, I'll use hand gel or, like, you know, if I go to the petrol station, mm. I won't touch the pump. Like, I keep a few latex gloves in the car. Mm. I'll use a latex glove so I don't have to handle the same petrol pump that a million other people have handled that day. So I'm just doing, like some basic things mm. but like i'm not bit you know i'm not like there are some people that are just like kind of super strict with it super strict and they're, they're walking down the pavement with like masks on to walk in the park and i'm like dude like you're in a wide open public space the nearest person is 50 meters from you it doesn't transmit itself in that way like I, I mean, know, sorry, the worst is just people who wear their masks when they're on their own in the car. Oh, yeah, my favourite one. <laughs> masks and glove while in their own car with the windows up. And I'm like, it's not, that's not how this works, yeah. buddy. Yeah. But anyway, you know, each to their own if it helps them feel safer and whatever. But I think I think we are going to have a second wave. It's interesting with the friendship groups, though, because you realise that, you ha you that some friends are, like, super strict about it and others don't give a shit. And then there's a few of us in the middle. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're just, like, realising how different or some also how kind of your friendship changes a little because there's some friends I've got who have been, like, really strict. And I'm like, I mean, we can just meet and have a walk in the park. And they were like, no, I don't feel comfortable doing this yet. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Well, fuck off then. I, just, I don't <laughs> want to be your friend anymore if you're going to be that like that. But then actually the other yeah. side of me is like, I should be more compassionate. And, you know, people feel differently about this and everybody's anxiety levels are very different. And also your households are very different depending who you live with. I think mm -hmm. people who live on their own are and like young, mid, you know, in their 20s, yeah, 30s, be a, little bit more a lot more comfortable and, and don't give as much of a fuck. But if you live with your parents, if you've got kids, then I, I understand the strictness i kind of i don't know why i've not been as strict with myself as i thought i would be sorry i'm just like my You're hands fiddling, my, yeah fiddling noise. sorry um <laughs> yeah i thought i would but i just got to a point where i'm like as long as i'm using hand I'm, I'm not going to wear a mask all the time you know there was occasions i'd wear it in the supermarket and other times i just got fed up and i just couldn't be bothered and i was like i'm just running in to get something quickly so i've not been consistent with my levels and i've also, been and also, i haven't been I, I bought like this mask early on from ebay or wherever it was and it was just really uncomfortable on my nose it wasn't even it wasn't like one of these surgical ones it was one of these kind of like reusable sort of things but it was just like uh, i don't know it was a bit too small for my head and it just i just found it like it started to hurt the bridge of my nose after a few minutes i was like i'm not wearing this on my face all day bollocks um so i stopped using that i still like i say i ever use gloves i'll make sure that i've got hand gel with me to wash my hands if i like go into a shop and i've like handled a bunch of shopping or whatever but i've definitely eased up on it a bit i think at, at the very start i was i had like this really like i think i got really carried away with it at the very start so i had this proper system where i would like if i had to go shopping it was basically i, th I think i'd watched contagion one too many times <laughs> and i'd go to the shops 
I had to do my shopping. The shopping that didn't need the fridge would go onto this separate shelf that I'd set up in the spare room upstairs, which was kind of like the quarantine zone <laughs> where it sat for 72 hours no after it had come back in the house. Like, so that, yeah, yeah like, wow. probably, like, I was only doing this for the first week or two and I realised oh, this is insane. So I had like the quarantine shelf where if it didn't need the fridge, it went there. If it needed the fridge, then it kind of stayed in like a separate shopping bag in the in the fridge for like uh, until I either had to use it or like it you know 48 hours have gone by um and then it was just like came home stripped off closing the sh- like closing the laundry basket and then in the shower mm. and i was like this is see and the reason why i was doing that is because i live at home with mum she's elderly she smokes and i was like if she gets it she's probably gonna snuff it so it was more for her it mm. wasn't for me like i'm not worried about me mm. in my early 30s i'm healthy i don't smoke cigarettes mm. like mm. i'm not worried about me you, you know obviously you know, there have been reports of people in their 30s dying, but it's like a ridiculously small number mm. of people. Not enough that it would worry me. Mm. Um, so I've gone from from that level of precaution to now just, oh, fuck it, a bit of hand gel. It, yeah, okay. my mum would, I didn't even realise she was doing this, but whenever I'd bring her shopping every week, she would spray down everything I bought her. So she'd either put everything, like all the wrapping and all the packagings of whatever, yeah, yeah. she'd be spraying it down in the sink. But you know what? Like yeah, our, our Turkish well mum's like, bit. let's stick some lemon, you know, put some lemon juice, put some vinegar, like let's get some yeah, like yeah. Colonia, like whatever, <laughs> like, I don't know why they always, but in a way it's true. These things have got anti, you know, like yeah, the yeah. antibacterial, you know, chemicals in them and help. But yeah, she, she got really obsessed with like scrubbing everything down and, I never even thought of doing that. I'd bring my shopping home and just put it away. I would wash my hands, but I, it didn't even cross my mind that that package I've touched could potentially have something on it. But then I'm also like, do we even know if that's a way of things really getting passed on? Or is this just something like, you know, when we build yeah. things up and then we just assume, like, has there actually been any evidence to say that, you know what, if you touch that, you know, packet of Muller Light or that, you're, you put, well, they you could have it on it and you could potentially get it. I've heard different numbers banded around. I've heard some in very early on where I was watching the news on this quite a lot. They were talking about, you know, oh, it can survive on hard surfaces for up to like a week. Uh, but then I think they sort of the general consensus was like 48 to 72 hours it could survive on a hard surface. So that's kind of why I sort of had this system where, let's just say I had like two rubber gloves on or latex gloves mm-hmm. as I was in the shop doing my shopping. And then when it came to paying, I would remove my like my debit card from my wallet beforehand so it was easy to access mm. in my pocket. I'd then like using, sort of like, you'd like remove one glove from my hand so that I could then basically pick up my card without contaminating my card, pay, put that back in my pocket and then use my, you know, be able to mm. handle my keys to unlock the car. Mm. And then sort of like with the hand that still had the glove on, Mm. load the stuff in the boot and then like, you know, flick the other glove off and then like not bring it into Mm. the car and like touch up the steering wheel and the gear knob Mm. and all that sort of stuff. So I was being like quite cautious at first. I think so what makes me laugh about a lot of people that I see wearing like gloves and masks is like, I guarantee you these people don't understand the concept of like cross contamination. It's like, okay, you're wearing gloves, but then if you're wearing your gloves and then you've gone and 
touched everything in the shop and then not taken those gloves off and then touched your car and then touched your keys your face and I was like Spoilers. you might as well have just not been wearing yeah, gloves yeah. so I was just like if you're going to wear the gloves you've got to be conscious about a, how you handle stuff have a concept of what cross-contamination is how it works and how to avoid it mm. so like yeah I mean I've just stopped giving a shit now. <laughs> yeah, but this is the worry. I think a lot of us have stopped giving a shit. And is this the why? The reason why things will again take a step backwards? Because look at Leicester, is now on lockdown. Yeah, you get a, you get to a saturation point with it though. It's just like oh, I'm just fucking bored of COVID. Like just. just yeah, but is this is it. this That's us like, like just being really now. like, you know, st- stuck up in a way? Like oh. We're just fed up of this disease, which is killing people. So yeah, let's just pretend it's not there and carry on about our lives. Like, it's not the smartest way to deal with no, stuff. But and I'm I'm one of these stupid people who's like, yeah, let's just carry on. And you know, it's not really. Even though actually, I even know people who've passed away from it. So it has had a direct effect. I know loads of people who've caught it, and I know loads of people who know people who've passed away. So it's very close to home. But I feel like there's still this weird separation. Like, I don't really, mm. like, I'm not really that, I've never really been that scared of it. It never scared me enough to really have an impact. I was quite cautious of it at first. Like I say, not so much for me, but because of who I live yeah. with. Um, I, I guess, I, you know, where infection rates have come, you know, quite far down. And also, I've, I'm still doing things differently with, like, my social circle. So, like, I'm not seeing... There's loads of friends that I haven't seen since the start. Mm. Um, the majority of people that I see, I still, like, keep it to a fist bump mm. or, like, you know, stay, like, not mm-hmm. up in each mm. other's faces. Um, so I'm still being somewhat conscious of it, but just not to the same level mm. that I was at the start. But I think it's just probably changed changed how we will all interact going forward now anyway 100%, you know like 100%. it is just never going to be the same whatever our normal no. normality was before like we're going to have a whole new kind of normality and actually things like the supermarkets having more space and not as big you know like when you're inside just having mm-hmm. a little bit more order oh, it's not been too bad like i say with the table service in the pubs I quite liked it. So there are elements, you know, even the tube not being, I'm not, I personally don't do public transport that often, but everyone said like the tube is 90% really quiet. And when they... It was just so nice. Like, you know, I was explaining to you yesterday, I went and got a haircut. Mm. The barbers that I've been using for the last year or two now, they haven't done appointments before. And it's really annoying because mm. the guy that I was using before used to do appointments, but he, the quality of his work had gone down. So found somewhere else. But then, like, you know, having to turn up and wait for, like, half an hour, 45 minutes, or, you know, because there's always, like, one particular guy that I go to. I've got mm. my one barber and no one else in there <laughs> touches my hair. Um, you know, if he's got, like, one or two people that are also queuing for him, like, you might be stood there for an hour just waiting for mm. a haircut, which is long. So, like, it's nice that it's brought changes like that about. But I've, I've found, even on the way here today, so I stopped in the shop to pick up some bits and pieces to bring some, you know, snacks and whatnot. And when I was stood at the counter, there was like this guy that was sort of like hovering like really close to my shoulder. And I suppose after all of these months of like sort of people standing, you know, like drumming this sort of two meter thing in everyone's head, I was like, why are you up my ass? Fuck off for. And it kind of made me like, I think it's probably redefined my definition of what my personal space is. And I feel like the, the, 
Yeah, I think what I would define as my personal mm-hmm. space has probably grown a little bit now. And I will say, as a woman, and speaking for most women who have had to deal with this, we are probably very happy to now have personal space where when a guy is trying to get up in your space and chat to you or touch you, you feel a lot more comfortable to say, move the fuck away. <laughs> Whereas before, you, you mean you would say, but you'd you'd be treated with hostility and like mm-hmm. be talked to like, oh, you're just being a bitch, you know? And it's like, no, I don't need you up in my space. And who gives you the right and permission to get this close to me? And why do you mm-hmm. think you're allowed to touch me? Whereas now it's like, covid motherfucker move away <laughs> i've got it and i will give it to you don't talk to me you know so like you could just kind of give them like a little <coughs> yeah exactly <coughs> um but yeah like i think the whole <laughs> it's will definitely change the way obviously the whole flirting dating trying to chirps people do people still say that am i weird am i, I weird people our age still yeah do. chirps chatting flirting whatever i like chirps um but the way yeah <laughs> like people chirpsing each other is definitely going to change a little bit. I don't think people, well, and I'm, I'm glad about that. And that kind of can move move nicely onto another topic I wanted to discuss, oh, yeah. which is um, about, you know, what's been going on, more so in the music world, but all these people, people coming out and showing, um, you know, for example, Tim Westwood has come out now as some a bit of a sexual predator. Right, yeah, so this is brand new to me, so I, I literally know nothing about yeah, this. Yeah, so... I don't, I can't remember exactly how it started, but I guess in general, in the world at the moment, there's been a lot of things being uncovered, you know, the Epstein and, you know, Prince Andrew, so and like just so, so much <laughs> disgusting stuff going on. Um, and be, people are now being called out, UK DJs, artists, whatever, have been called out on shit they've been doing. And apparently Tim Westwood, like literally, there there is a petition of like 5,000 people already um, trying to call the government to look into him because he's still on radio. They've not even cut him off. But he's okay. been, he apparently, again, I don't know what's true, um, targeting young black females and a lot underage as well over the okay. course of his career. And I mean, I, I, he, I don't know if he's being investigated yet or not. I think that's what's what is coming up. Like they want him to be investigated. Obviously, he's saying it's all fabricated. Not going to lie. I kind of believe it. He's got a bit of a look about him. It's weird that you bring this up. So basically, it, there was some stuff that came up in in the family. I won't mention names. Um, when I say in the family, someone who married into the family, no one that I'm related to. Um, so someone married into the family a while ago, uh, and the person that they married already had some children, and it turned. So th- this person who married into the family uh, in the last week or two has been arrested by the police and had all his computers seized under suspicion of some sort of you know pedophilic act um, mm. and then it turns out that the person that he married whose daughter was 13 at the time received a text from this man saying oh you looked really sexy in those knee-high socks the other day or whatever it was mm the the daughter has then shown this to the mother confronted him about it and then sort of he's played it off as oh it was all like a joke or whatever it is and then basically bought it and just you know so this was almost 20 years ago now that this text was sent uh and now all these years down the line obviously you know whatever activity he's been up to online has caught up with him him. uh, and he's Mm. been arrested but it's like number one 
there's very rarely smoke without fire on these things. Mm-hmm. Number two, like, that's not even a joke to be made. It's distasteful to the nth degree. Like, and if mm-hmm. someone like sent some shit like that to my 13 year old daughter believe i'm up for a murder charge like someone's mm-hmm. getting the absolute living shit kicked out of them but like i don't know I, I i feel like as much as he's disgusting for that like people who people see it, who and, see it and then like i have a or just i have a turn a blind eye to it, it or refuse to believe it or like choose not to act on it because of the shame that it would bring to them because like oh he was you were with someone who you know got found out to be doing this or i was just like it 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 absolutely blew my mind that like that that could happen that's that your your 13 year old at the time daughter could show you a text message from from someone that you've married saying oh you look sexy in those knee-high socks and so these uh the 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 underage girl at the time wasn't living with the mother so the mother and this stepdad were living separately um so it wasn't someone that he was living with with on a daily basis but it also it's like if you were comfortable enough to send that message to your wife's daughter what else number one what else are you capable of doing but also if you're at that level of comfort comfort to do this that weren't the first time that you've done this yeah, you've been 100%. doing this for a while or you've done it before yeah. this isn't the first time the thing is the problem when it comes to like sexual assault abuse all this kind of stuff is there's a fine line between the like the flirting and having a little bit of banter and, and then there's no flirting with a 13 year old girl no and <laughs> like, these like so like tim westwood as a dj if a girl's come up to him and be like oh could you play this song whatever you might just assume she's over 18 because she's in the club. Well, we all know we've been to clubs underage plenty of times. So that's no justification. Right. Yeah. And also, it, again, it's just that abuse of power. You know that because of your status, you think you can just push that boundary a little bit more. That you, it's okay. And also, on the victim side, I think you they accept, you know, like if... Uh, the hug the touch of a hand the put your hand on your knee because you see this celebrity status sometimes you just allow it whereas if it was a stranger a guy a random guy who did it you'd probably be a little bit more cautious but because you feel like there's some sort of familiarity that you know this person you've grown up watching them seeing mm. them being a fan whatever it is it blurs your like conscience of what's right and wrong what's allowed and sometimes it doesn't you probably know it's wrong but then you become mute because this is a celebrity. This is someone yeah. who's got more power than me, you know. And this is then going down that whole fucking Epstein thing, which has been going round for the last few. M- and I haven't f- watched the whole documentary just because I actually it got to a point where I just mm. had to stop. I couldn't watch it anymore. But like, yeah, just this crazy fucked up world we're in, where there is so many people higher up abusing their status and power, and taking advantage of these young girls and boys and. You say How that, but there's, there is there's some massive double standards applied to this stuff. And I'll tell you why. So I saw this thing the other day where um, there was this, I can't remember, I think it was like a football game somewhere. This woman jumped onto the pitch and basically went running around and like, yeah, spanking all the guys' asses. And I was yeah. just like, right, 
If that was the other way around and it was a dude that rushed the pitch and went around squeezing all of these female football players' asses, do believe before, like, by the end of the day, he's in front of a judge. Like, he's going prison, he's going on a, on a register. Like, that's it. Game over. Game done. But it's like, when a yeah, girl does it... Yeah, but we're talking it, about... Yeah, but how many, how often do you regardless. get to do it? Like, I mean, we're talking, okay. And I agree that regardless, either way, sexual assault from a man to a woman, woman to man is just as bad and everyone deserves to be treated, you know, legally the same way. But on the other side, how many, how long have men, more than women, been getting away with doing shit like this over years and years and years that actually when you see a woman do it it's a surprise you're shocked you know, by it, it because it's so, that's not a normality women don't go around doing that and when we do you know like now it's like oh fun and games banter blah blah but actually a lot of the times like i think now women are being a little bit more cautious of you know what i can actually upset somebody by behaving that way I or i could depends. make someone else like, feel uncomfortable so i saw a picture of a girl that did it and she was, she was quite good looking so i was just like I, I don't know like if it's just i think there's a I, I really do think there's a different set of rules for guys and girls on this because like if i was a sports star and then this reasonably attractive girl just like ran on the pitch and like pinched marks like i really i'd just laugh about it and It'd just be like it'd be a story to tell, and I don't know. I might even I might even yeah, try and better totally, or something like. No, yeah, but see, it's totally different, Khan. Because when you've grown up, like, I don't remember a time where I have not been sexualized. From I'm talking from a child, from the age of six, seven, eight. Whether it being like old pervy family friends who come and kiss you but they're a bit slobbery or they kiss you a little bit too hard and <laughs> gross and you're just really icky and you're kind of moving away and it's that uncle and you know our parents or you know would be like don't be so rude you know it's a family friend it's okay and i'm like but i don't feel comfortable i don't want this man mm. kissing me why should i be okay with it but it was instilled in me that i should just shut up and accept it because this is normal so throughout my whole life I have allowed a lot of men to to do things that I've not 100% been comfortable with, but just because I've been told, well, you know what, just get over it. It's not that big a deal. He's just kissing you. He's just touching your leg. Oh, he's, you know, you the times of going to a club and you could not walk through the club without being groped like hundreds of times. Like it was, and you you wouldn't pick a, you couldn't pick a fight with every single guy who groped you and call them up on it because you wouldn't, even be able to get through the crowd and also it's that whole gaslighting thing of a guy be trying to turn it around oh well you gave me a look oh i thought you liked me oh i thought you know well if you got an ass that size if you got tits showing you know your cleavage out that much you're asking for it you wanted that kind of stuff like as much as you want to talk about double standards you have never ever been put in the shoes of a female who has had most of her life thinking that it's okay to just touch you and say sexualized yeah. things to you and you're meant to just no, suck I hear it up. that and also i think it's it's a little bit different with guys and girls in the sense that like i don't think if a guy really doesn't want the contact and like a woman is trying to force it on her just by the mechanics of men tend to be bigger and stronger than women mm. and you know if you had to fight this woman off and she was like trying to like you know properly forcefully rape you, you could probably fight her off um mm. i think maybe men just naturally just feel a little bit less threatened and vulnerable in that way because you know that if you wanted to stop it you could 
um, mm -hmm. whereas obviously like if it was a dude my size trying to like push himself on you like it'd be a lot mm -hmm. more difficult for you to fight me off than the other way around um, yeah. so and have you watched um, I May Destroy no. You on BBC I've heard about it, but so it's, it. yeah so it's an amazing amazing series and I, I think I pretty much watched all of it I think in like two days but it was a massive like trigger kind of show and I think for a lot of people especially women who've watched it um, yeah it just hits home like Michaela Cole produced direct acts in it she's an amazing actress and you know it's part true part true so you know she she was writing I think she was writing a script for chewing gum which is another series she did on right. channel 4 and she went out one night she had writer's block went out one night and ended up getting spiked and sexually um, something you know, I don't know if she knows what happened to her but sexually abused in some form of sexual assault happened to her um, and this is she's obviously done this documentary and it's kind of trying to be a little bit more like it's, it is deep and dark but it's also quite funny and there's a lot of parts in it which you know there is humor in it but it does you know I've had that happen where I don't know if I've ever told you this but I was on holiday in Spain with some friends we're in a bar drinking no, and this, then I'm sure I'd remember it. my my drink gets spiked and then I just wake up in some guy's apartment and I have no idea from being in the bar to waking up how many hours went past how I got there where my friends are nothing and you know I was with a mixed group so there was a couple a couple and they went off for a walk and if one of the girls are chatting to someone else like you you think you instinctively think when you're with a group of friends like everyone's going to look after each other and stick together and you know nothing's going to happen so your guard's always down when but you're everyone's in pissed, a group everyone's doing their own thing exactly everyone's doing their own thing so you also can't you no one's responsible for you either mm. so i've i've always had this like torn of like where the fuck were you why did no one save me whatever and to this day i don't even know what happened to me but i put it in my head that nothing happened i was like when i woke when i came to and this guy's pottering about his flat and i was like where the fuck am i what's going on why am i here whatever and he was very cold and being really weird but i was like oh i don't feel like anything's happened because my clothes look the same as how it would have been and i don't feel any different but also i've obviously just been drugged and been passed out for god knows how long like i never i just didn't want to think too much into it and I was asking him to help me find my way home and he was just being a dick. And I remember we go outside his apartment and there's a burger van. And you know that smell of like the mm. onions and the sausages. And I was like, as soon as I smelt it, just projectile vomiting. And while I'm vomiting, he's gone and ordered a burger. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, this dude is fucking weird. And like, I just need to get out of here. And I was like, what how how will i find my way i'm in spain in Mallorca or wherever i don't know where i am and what to do but i was like i just can't break down you know like, i've just got to keep mm. keep strong find my way and i could hear the base of where the clubs are and i was like if i go back to where the strip is where the clubs are i'll figure out what bar i was in and make my way yeah. home and it must be like five six in the morning at this point and i'm like you know heels in my hands not walking very straight i look fucked i am fucked i've no idea what's been in my body and I'm like, you know what? If I wasn't raped already, I'm probably going to get raped now because there are just groups and groups of drunken guys who've all come out of the bars and clubs, all like completely off their face. So this isn't the face. next morning. It's like later on no, the same No, this is night. the same. Yeah. And so I'm I'm assuming like maybe midnight, one o'clock, I might have gone with this guy back to his place. Or I don't, you know, he could have carried me. He could have dragged me down the street for all I know. And I think it must have been four or five hours later. Um, and then I finally get to like where 
you know, I'm keeping my head down, just walking as fast as I can. I finally get to where the bars are and then I'm trying to work my way back to where my friend lives. And it's in a gated community and I get there and I've got no fucking key to get in the gate. And you know what? It's like you realize like survival instincts kick in and I managed to climb this massive gate and climb over to get in. And, I, you know, if you asked me to do that now, I'd just laugh <laughs> in your face because there is no way I'd be able to do it. But I somehow did. I get there, knock on the door, and that's when I, like, broke down because I was finally, like, I'm with people um, I yeah, know. I'm safe, like. But I never said anything really afterwards. I never did anything about it. It was one of these things that I just blocked out. I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. I don't know what happened. I didn't even... And this, we're talking, I was maybe... 18, nine, I would think I was probably 18, 19. So we're talking like, you know, I'm 36 now. So 18 years ago, it doesn't, f like now, if it happened to me now, I know that I would go to a police station. I would get checked. I would like, even if I couldn't find the guy or knew who the guy was, I would do oh, something oh. about it. But back then, I feel like a lot of our, and this is why so much stuff is coming out now from 10, 15, 20 yeah. years ago, because we just don't feel like our voice would have ever really been heard or we would have been listened to. But we also just allowed shit because that's just the way it was. You know, it was okay for guys to fucking do shit and you would just take yes. it and, and block it See, and move on. I don't on. know where I stand on the whole sort of, the whole whistleblowing thing that's going on at the moment in this maybe not right, so maybe not whistleblowing so i'm not sure what the actual word is that i'm looking for but it's sort of when i suppose when an allegation or an accusation is made against a guy um you know we live in a country where where you're told you know everyone is innocent till proven guilty except in rape cases and oftentimes you know i'm not saying that this happens every time but even if it happens once there are going to be, and it happens more than once though, there are going to be plenty of times where there are accusations made against a guy who, and because of, you know, they want other witnesses to come forward and stuff, the guy's name gets announced. Whether he gets found innocent or guilty, you know, like we just said a minute ago, like people will have that there's no smoke without fire sort of mentality. And once you've had that accusation made against you, you're forever going to be, you know, Johnny the Rapist. And that that will, I think, cling with you. So it's the same with victims, though. You will then always be seen if you. Why do you think? Yeah, but it's it different being like the victim and being the the perpetrator of a crime. You're you'd you'd rather be the victim of a crime, and then it's like, oh, but well, I was this victim, and then like you I can play the. Uh, no, trust me, you don't ever want to be a victim of something. No, like I'm not that, saying you do, but like, let's just say you'd make the allegation. It mm. was it wasn't acted on by the police or there was insufficient evidence or whatever it is uh the case gets dropped as the accuser not you've not really got anything to worry about as the accusee you've now had your name dragged through the mud rightly or wrongly so i understand what exactly why the you know the names are put out there because like in the case of like epstein and in the case of like jimmy savile and all of these other high profile cases putting it out there has brought forward other victims or other mm -hmm. people have spoken out. So I understand exactly why it's done. But it also, it leaves it open for innocent people to have their name tarnished. So that's why I say I don't know where I stand on it because there are there are pluses and minuses and I don't know. But it wouldn't make a difference if they did it at the, so if they did it at the time or 10 years later, that person's name would still be tarnished. It no, that, that's what I mean. So like, but it's, but if the person is then found in, as being innocent, 
but they had but those also, allegations But also, is it if they, they found them. being innocent the, because they generally are innocent or because they've scammed the system, they've paid people, they've got friends in high well, places. Well, this is the like, thing. It's, you will never, only, the only people who ever will know in those situations are the people involved. But, that's, like, but this, is what I say, this is what I mean. So you can't then just rock up to a job interview and then be like, oh, but you know, oh, by the way, there was these allegations made against me. But the reason why I got off is because there was clear evidence that was found that, you know, was able to show that, oh, you know, I had a really solid alibi or like, you know, it definitely wasn't me. Like if you're even having to have that conversation, there's, there's just a cloud over you. Okay, but on the side of the victim, it's ex- it, in the same way they could go to if the same thing happened and they go for a job, but they, you know, something was put out there, made public, and you know, it it seemed like they may have been lying, or the person came was proven innocent, even though this per- the female family believed that person was guilty. Now that female going for a job, do you not think she's going to have the same problem where everyone goes, oh, you're the you know boy who cried wolf. Oh, you're we don't want to hire you because you're probably going to try and accuse someone of some shit if you don't get what you want you know like they're going to go through the same similar sort of judgment and treated and also we're mainly in a male dominated world industries so this is why a lot of the times women keep their mouth shut or victims don't go out because they know that even if they're telling the truth that person may one still have more power and control and the whole gaslighting thing of like turning things around and making you think did I ask for it? Was it my fault? Did I do something to make this happen? And making them feel like what they did was your was your fault. So you then end up not wanting to put them in the shit because you feel like it's going to put you in the mm. shit, you know, make you look bad. So it's a very, it's, and it's good, I think, having like our male, female perspectives because obviously, you know, I'm firmly, and I have been victim of sexual abuse and assault throughout my life and I've gone through all this stuff. So I am very like, when these stories come out, mm-hmm. when I hear things, like it's really, it's close to home, but it's also like really hard to ever even assume that that victim is lying. I know that there are plenty of women out there who, you know, form, you know, money or greed or whatever it is, have lied about yeah. shit. And, and, you know, that fucks it up for the genuine victims and the ones who have really been hurt and have gone through suffering and pain and have not been able to get, you know, the just, no, justice no, they I hear deserve. What you're so like I think I guess what kind of gives me quite strong mixed feelings about it is I'm not sure if I ever brought this story up before, but when I was about so long story short, the girl that I my first like proper girlfriend and the girl that I lost my virginity to back in secondary school, we dated for like say six months or nine months, which felt like an eternity back then. Uh we broke up in the end. Um and then like a couple of years later when facebook first started becoming a thing she found me on facebook messaged me we kind of like met back up um sort of like rekindled like a little something or rather we weren't like boyfriend and girlfriend but we kind of like met up a few times and you know like went around her house when her mum went home and all that sort of stuff and then one day sort of i've gone around there um we'd slept together and this was like middle of the afternoon um so this was about two years down the line so we're 18 at this point um and i was like oh, i'll go and grab us like some food so sort of just gone f- walk down the road and i was like a mcd's that was walking distance gone to like grab us some food and come back on the way there i bumped into a couple of boys that i'd met the previous year while on holiday um and made friends with him in the hotel so i was like oh man like good to see you like and these were like the two there was two boys that basically became like my two closest friends in the hotel so i got on really well with them 
bumped into them as I say. So we got talking. I spent like maybe like sort of 15, 20 minutes chatting to these guys out after like on the way to get food. Mm. So, and I think because I'd either forgot my phone at home or something like that or, or at her house or whatever it was. So she, I think, had tried to get hold of me and couldn't. And because she knows obviously how long it takes to walk from hers mm-hmm. to McDee's and then how long roughly I would spend in McDee's and get mm. back. When I hadn't made it back in that time scale, she started getting apparently worried about me because I've always yeah. been gone longer than expected. Yeah. I've arrived back, you know, 15, 20 minutes later than expected because I've stopped and had this conversation and been like, oh, like, really sorry, like, bumped into a couple of mates, whatever, blah, 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 got talking, you know, whatever. Um, so we've continued hanging out for, like, maybe another hour or two, whatever it is. I've gone home. And then later on that day, I get... And, like, we've not argued. No, like, nothing mm-hmm. weird has happened. We just literally... Mm. We had sex. I went and got us a McDonald's. We ate our McDonald's. We watched a movie. I went home. Mm-hmm. That was literally it. So when I got a text from her two, three hours later saying, like, don't ever call me again, delete my number, blah, blah, blah. I was like, whoa, what? What? Mm-hmm. Huh? What? So, like, obviously my first instinct is call you to find out what the hell is going on. And then one of her friends, uh, a mutual, I'm not going to say a mutual friend, but a girl that we uh, that was in the same school as us, who mm. was, wasn't ever really part of my circle, but was a friend of hers, answers the phone and was like, she doesn't want to speak to you. And I was like, why? We left on, I, I was with her two hours ago and we left on good terms. Um, and basically, long story short, she had basically alleged that I had forced myself on her um we were apparently halfway through having sex she asked me to stop and i just basically apparently refused and just carried on which absolutely did not happen um so then so i as while talking to the friend i explained basically you know hang on a minute so i was like so what what exactly has she told you and she basically said you know that we'd slept together that i'd gone out to get food we'd come back we chilled for a bit and i went back and i was like I just won't use her name of the friend, but, you know, like, Jane, does it sound reasonable to you that if you felt that you'd just been raped by someone and then this person had gone out to get you McDonald's, would you then be concerned about this person and then start calling their phone because they're running 15, 20 minutes late? And if this guy's just raped you, you wouldn't be suddenly concerned for his well-being and calling him to find out where he is. Does that sound reasonable to you? She was like, well, no, probably not. And I was like... Is, is she agreeing that that's what happened and then like basically long story short she's like i can hear her voice like quietly in the background mm. um because her friend at first was obviously on her side and believing yeah. what she said but when i kind of like explain broke it down like that she was like no that okay yeah that doesn't quite make sense and i could uh, her tone completely changed towards me at first obviously it was like super hostile mm. completely thinking that i've just raped her friend to turning around i was like look okay you don't know me well but we went to school for each other like with each other for five years was there ever anything about my personality the friends that i kept at school or anything about me that ever would leave you to lead you to believe that i'm capable of doing something like that but i want to stop you there like you don't but that's not a thing. i know like, that's not there a is thing, so many like, people who don't look rapey and they're the, probably the most rapiest kind yeah of sure but like so you know aside from knowing my character aside i was like it doesn't make sense that you would be raped by someone and then call them because they're 10 15 minutes late with your food to be like oh my god are you okay what's happened to you are you like where are you mm. you wouldn't do that 
Mm. No, I agree. And you probably would be grateful that they left the house and locked the door and not let and them not back let in. them back in and watch a movie with them, like and call the but police. I was like, if you was really serious about this allegation, I wouldn't be getting a text from you. I'd be getting yeah. a call from the old Bill. It's a hard one because you never know what's going through someone's mind. But then, how many and people? How they were feeling and what what made them go from that to that she probably had some sort of regrets about like oh man like oh, i shouldn't have gone back to him or like because it was me that broke up with her when we, bro- when mm. we broke up at school if mm. she then felt like oh man i shouldn't have got back with him or that was a mistake or i shouldn't have slept with him that's that second time. although it was her that reinitiated contact with me mm. i don't know if she started having second thoughts about being back in contact with me if old feelings came back about oh my god he broke my heart i don't know if the whole thing was some kind of a revenge thing he broke my heart in school so now I'm going to drag his name through the mud. Mm. I don't know how many of my old school friends heard this allegation about me. How many people now believe this to be true about mm. me that, of people that I went to school with? And it's just like, well, did she deny it afterwards? What happened? I basically never heard from her about it ever again after that. I was like, after that, I was like, do you know what? Like, you're clearly fucking unstable. Don't. I was like, you don't call me or text me no more. Like, I'm mm. like get the fuck but did she when you were talking to the friend did she then deny it afterwards change her story or i have no idea all i know is basically everything that i said she agreed with in the background and then as i was saying to you know just now i'm asking her friend does it make sense that she's going to make this allegation against me but then be concerned about my well-being it that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense that after i've left she would let me back in the house it doesn't make sense like that she would be like wanting me to hurry back like none of that makes sense does it no no it doesn't okay cool well i'll leave you to decide then what whether or not you think what she's mm. saying is true or not mm. and i was like don't like get the fuck out of it i don't ever want to hear from you yeah, again i mean i can i can un- i can understand when you know yourself that you haven't done anything like that and then someone's accusing you of course you're gonna be really frustrated and angry and you know that you'll look bad regardless just because those words have been connected to your name and my ex i remember him telling me a story about you know being in college you know some girl really fancied him he wasn't i think from what i remember well maybe he wasn't into it but they they dated she went around a few times but they 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 did sleep together and then in college she goes around saying that he raped her and it took you know and then afterwards denied it but it was a good few weeks or a few months or something where everybody thought that of him and I've noticed when me and him have had conversations about stuff like this, like I remember us having this argument about Bill Cosby. Now to me, like, you know, we grew up watching Bill Cosby. Mm. Bill Cosby was all our surrogate dads. We all loved him. So when all that shit came out, like for me, it was like, I cannot believe it. Like, this is really fucked up. And his response was like, well, how do you know it's true? And how can we believe it? And, you know, maybe, maybe they wanted it or maybe, and and like my anger to him was so much bigger because I I could not understand how he would just assume that these women were lying and assume that Bill Cosby was an innocent party. And it was because of his personal experience where he's gone through that. And I'm going from my personal experience of being sexually assaulted and abused that I know that it's happened to me and I would never lie about Mm. something like that. So we're coming from two like very different places and it was just like the argument we had like, I wanted to knock him the fuck I think out. Context, How can you defend yeah, him? Yeah, like context plays a part. If it's like Bill Cosby and one or two allegations that come forward, it might be women that are maybe trying to like 
make an allegation in the hopes of making some money out of it or getting some kind of like out of court settlement or something like that and you know i'm not going to say i'm dismissing the claims but i'd be like okay let's see the evidence is there any evidence let's you know because justin bieber's going through this at the moment so recently a girl's come out and she gave a specific date and whatever and he was like i'm not gonna like put her through the mud or whatever i know for a fact this isn't true and then like i think he's done something like put up receipts for a hotel which is in a different city or state or wherever what she said and she just basically tried to like find as much evidence as possible to show that she's fabricating it um but then again it's like well how do we know you don't have just have people who could make this fucking shit up for you it's not hard for someone like Justin yeah, Bieber with someone with his to level get of power something like that to... just created and be like oh yeah here's my evidence and see proof so it's just it's a really frustrating thing because so as... this is what I'm saying when there's like one accuser it's mm. like okay let's lay out the evidence let's reach a conclusion based on the evidence with like someone like Cosby when you've got dozens and dozens of people coming forward then it's like okay like there's not that much smoke without some amount of fire um so yeah that's i think context is important but yeah rape that's a heavy subject (laughs) yeah we've got real heavy (laughs) we've got real but you know what as like at the moment i feel like we're surrounded by a lot of things coming out on tv and news and you know in the media in general of just how common it is how normalized that kind of behavior is how except like you know it's become acceptable for for these things to happen and and people to just carry on and go about their business and actually the reason why we do need to talk about it is the more people talk about their experiences and realize it's not wrong and on both sides Mm. you know for you as a guy you know if you haven't ever done that and people are accusing you, yeah, that's going to fucking shape your life and change things and have an effect on your relationships. And, you know, maybe you will have a chip on your shoulder. You will become a bit angry. You will, you know, be defensive if it's affected your job, if it's affected your, you know, your relationships and things like that. Like on both sides, you know, people need to deal with it in a deal with it properly and not just block things out, hide things away or, also, you know, it's hard, like, you know, you everyone waits for then that one person and then everyone else jo- joins the bandwagon. Mm. You know, someone needs to have that strength, that voice, that power. And now it's easy to hide behind a twi- Twitter, f- you know, post yeah, or an yeah, Instagram yeah. post or, you know, whatever social media stuff uh, because you're not having, but also you're allowing masses to hear it. So then you're putting it out there. Whereas a lot of people will go to the police and nothing comes of it. And if you watch... Um, I may destroy you. You know, she goes and puts a report and tells the police, whatever. And it's like months later, oh, we're closing the case because we've not found anything. And that's it. And you just got to kind of like deal with it. Like, yeah, this you're not necessarily always going to get justice. You're no, not necessarily no. always. And that person had, could keep, you know, I always think like that guy who, you know, spiked me, like, was that his thing? Did he do that every fucking day? Was there a different girl getting spiked? And actually, if maybe if I did say something there while I was in Spain, when it was fresh, where I probably would have remembered what he looked like that day. Because if you ask me now, I blocked it out so much. He's just a, a standard average white boy. You know, like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. he looks like for me. I remember, all I remember was he was a white English boy. And I think he was one of the, you know, handing out flyers, trying to get people, you know, PA, sure. what are they, yeah, yeah, like whatever they, promoter, promoter people. I think he was one of those. But now I look back and I think, that was so long ago how how do i know that he wasn't 
a serial fucking rapist. And maybe if I did open my mouth and say something at the time, how many more women's lives would have been saved or anyone, you know, it might not have just been women. So sometimes you sit with this guilt with you for years thinking like, if I did something, I could have really like made a change. But you're so scared, you're so vulnerable, you don't know who's gonna believe you, you don't know how to deal with these things. And actually just the more we get used to just having these conversations, that it shouldn't just be this big scary, oh my God, it's rape, that's fucking deep and intense and scary, we shouldn't talk about it. Like, this is something even with our children, you know, I feel like I need to have these conversations with my kids, you know, sexual conversations actually quite early on so that they can know that when they, when someone has, touch them in a certain way which they feel uncomfortable they know to say something to me they know mm. to talk to an adult about it whereas i think when we were kids and in our culture turkish middle eastern ethnic cultures you don't have these conversations with your parents you don't have i remember actually like i do remember having mum talk to me about like you know it's okay if me or dad touch you here like in the bath or when we're like you know helping you after you've gone to the toilet you know you when you're like five you're still probably mm. having like mum and dad come and wipe your ass for you mm. but I, I do remember being told like you know look apart from me or dad outside of the context of in the toilet helping you shower or bath and I think by the time I was six I was having like I didn't I didn't want or need like my parents in there with me when I was mm. bathing it was just like if anyone else touches you in that area like you tell us straight away and mm. you you try and stop them like mm. you don't this is not cool like this is mm. your private bits basically mm. i do remember having that conversation i actually don't remember ever having a conversation with my parents about stuff like that maybe it was and i was just I, i'm too young to i was too young to now remember those conversations but i just i don't really remember like i feel like it's not just a one-off conversation you know it needs to be you probably a regular need to reinforce that message like yeah, periodically exactly over and over again and as the older they get they're going to be your children are going to be in different situations and and you know in different environments where they'll deal with different people and yeah. you know i think yeah it's it's important that we make a, a normal co this this normalized mm -hmm. you know and in a way that it you conversate about it so much that hopefully then it isn't a normalized thing like rape shouldn't be normalized it shouldn't be no. something which we just have a chat about you know it should be something which is so far removed that and everybody knows it's wrong and doesn't do it but will we when i don't know when and if we will ever get there but especially talking to young boys and teaching them about respecting women's boundaries and i think that's why it needs to start from such a young age that they don't think any different. Like it's just normal to not grope a woman, to not smack her ass when she walks past you in a bar, to not be like full on ogling at her tits just because she's wearing low cut top. Like I know it might be hard to have that self-control, but I think that's really important for everybody. You know, like women should feel comfortable to dress how they want and not see that as a, an invitation for a guy to say and do what he wants. They should. And look, I, I'm not, I'm not for a second saying that a that you know a girl wearing a low-cut top or a short skirt is like uh is justification for being groped or whatever i think touching and like looking are two different things mm. as a girl you have to understand and guys and this works just as much you know for girls to guys and guys to girls mm. if you're wearing you know if you're a girl and you've got like large boobs or you know big bum and you're wearing a short skirt and a low-cut top you have to accept that men are going to look. 
the I same agree. way that if you're I expect like, women to look as well. Yeah, and I check out women yeah, when yeah. I can see them. And you have sexy. to accept that if you're a guy and you go to the gym and you work out, if you're wearing like a tight fitted vest or whatever, like don't be surprised if you catch some girls looking at you. Like mm. if you're if you've got the sort of physique that's going to attract female attention, like you mm. can't expect you have to expect that if you're going to wear revealing clothes or tight-fitted clothes that it's going to attract the attention of the opposite sex mm. now some of that attention might be wanted you might be a young girl wearing a low-cut top and a short skirt and mm. you might catch a guy that you think is really hot looking at you and mm. you'll be like okay cool like, i like that he's looking at me mm. and you get to have a conversation with him and maybe he comes your boyfriend and maybe he comes your husband mm. one day mm. but you also then have to accept that newsflash when you're 18 and you think a girl is attractive as you get older you don't suddenly start fancying women you're like when you're 60 you're still gonna fancy a 21 year old woman just as much as when you were 21 so if you're 21 wearing a low cut top and a short skirt you have to accept that 60 year old men are going to be looking at you just as much as 21 year old men are going to be looking at you and you cannot you cannot be surprised by that and you cannot ask for it to be different you just can't. All right, but to, to, all right, there's levels. But again, there's looking, mm. and then there's like levels. So yeah. you have to be, you have to be, I suppose, cognizant of the fact that if you're a sixty-year-old guy, yes, okay, my eyes still work, and obviously she's attractive, so I'm going to look. But there's a difference between like what happens when you're young as well. You know, you get caught looking, and you like you glance mm. away, mm. and oh, mm. she caught me looking, or whatever it is. And there's a difference between being a pervy old bastard her looking at you and you still staring at her rack that yeah, is completely yeah, unacceptable yeah. that's the difference i think it's the same thing with like you know um i don't know you're walking down the street with your girlfriend and you're lucky enough that you've got a good looking girlfriend or you've got a good looking boyfriend or whatever it is mm. if you're walking down the street with your husband and you catch a girl looking at your husband and you sort of see her and she glances away cool like mm. obviously that should be like cool my husband's good looking yeah, like yeah. it's a compliment yeah. whereas like if it's i catch someone looking and i'm looking at her and she can see me looking at her and she's still looking them up and down that's that's when your fingers come out and you're like that's my that, man that's what are you that's doing different. so it's context <laughs> yeah, again so yeah. like there's a difference between looking and looking so yeah. like you know so but you, you know what it really grosses me out when my dad checks out women when i'm out with my dad because <laughs> my mom and dad are separated and I'd, we'd be walking down the street and, you know, like, so I remember like being in like Edgeware Road or whatever. And you'll have like, you know, the Brazilian, um, well, you don't know if they're men or women, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so and so he's so baffled and confused that he's just staring right at them. <laughs> and he's like, and I'm like, you can't do that, dad. He's like, but look at the outfit she's wearing. She wants me to look. I'm like, no, that's not. You can't think like that. She wants men 40 and he's years like, younger than you. And I, and I was like, she does not want some 70-year-old Arab dude checking her out. And he's like, yeah, but is she a woman or is she a man? I'm like, it doesn't even matter. Like, you're not allowed to do this. It's so awkward when your parents check in someone out. Oh, I remember so years gross. ago when dad was still alive, we were sat downstairs having breakfast one day and um, we were just like having cereal, whatever it was. And then, like, Countdown was on. Ah, uh, Carol Vorderman. Carol was on TV. I mean, yeah. And then Dad just goes to me and was like, ah, oh, the things I'll do to Carol Vorderman. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. like, I was just like, that is disgusting. Don't ever say that shit in front of me again. I was vile, repugnant, all of the above. So mm. I was just like, yeah, it's, it's so gross when you catch, when your parents talk mm. about 
sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So there was another topic that you wanted to talk about. Well, that about, also kind of nicely flows nicely on, leads us to on to Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith and August Alsina. No who idea who this August you know Alsina what? is. I didn't either. I knew he was a you know musician, music artist, American music artist. But if you asked me to name a song, I couldn't tell you a song. Um, I've really kind of not with the young people in the like hip hop sort of urban scene in america like you know there's so many little baby little this little that or whatever there's just yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so i don't know where he falls in that category but i also didn't know that will smith and jada pinkett smith had an open relationship to me they were life goals for relationships i have watched but them. is that official or is that rumors have they confirmed this or? Uh, well we will fight she's going to do a red table talk soon and oh, really? i think it will all come out um but in my head i always just saw them as this amazing like couple who have obviously just in purely in sync they respect each other they push each other they elevate each other like this is the oh even though i have no idea what goes on in their family life but the impression they give and the vibes they give is like this yeah. is relationship goals you know um and also like they look like awesome parents as well so it's like i would want you to be my parent and my best friend and my partner and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah this guy's come out done this interview said that he's been having this like romance relationship with jada where will has blessed it will has okayed this. i really hope this isn't true i hope not too but i also part of me is like you guys are even more amazing because the fact that after how long they've been together? Like 30 years they've been together or something? I'm not even saying that like, op- I-, I say I really hope it's not true. Not because I've got anything against like people with open relationships or whatever. It's just like, I feel like, all right. So the reason why I say that is because as like a late 80s baby, I grew up watching Fresh Prince. Mm. I grew up like watching wild wild west and mm. like men in black and listening to will smith's music and he's always just been like one of the coolest celebrities ever like i've always just like really looked up to him thought he was just like just cool mm. just will smith has always just been really cool mm. so i feel like i don't know I, I think knowing that your that your wife or your girlfriend is sleeping with someone else at some level is a submissive act mm. and where i've always looked up to will smith and thought of him as like this kind of really like alpha flirtatious mm. good with women like talented suave like sort of i just kind of all of these like positive attributes that mm. i've kind of given him i sort of feel like oh but i don't want you to be cool with someone else fucking your wife like does that make sense just for yeah, you like no, i don't no, I, get that. I don't but want that for there's, you there's a part in my head just for me like, that maybe please. that just makes him even cooler that he is so like comfortable with himself so comfortable in his relationship with her that it's okay that they that they can still have their bond and trust with each other because but i mean will smith. but you what you think <laughs> he ain't banging chicks of course he's out there like i don't you know i wouldn't say no like I want, I'm sure he's out there having fun just as much as she is. I can't imagine him. Oh um, yeah, you know, I'm sure it's a two-way he's, street. He's sitting reading a book before bed, and all he can hear is a. Oh no, no, no! Like yeah, <laughs> I'm not saying that for a second. Like I'm, like, I think you know, from basically for the last what, twenty-five, thirty years, Will Smith has pretty much had his pick of mm. any woman he wants at any time ever. Mm. Pretty much. So like, I think it's yeah, it's definitely if that is if it does come out that it's a 
you know, or they, you know, decide to reveal that they do have an open relationship, whatever. I'm sure it's very much a two way street, but like, it's also, it feels less, and again, maybe it's my male's perspective yes. on this, but like, I wouldn't oh, be so different if it was, uh, it, it would be very different in my head if it was like, okay, so Jada Pinkett Smith has given him permission to yeah, go yeah, and yeah. plow, like, to his heart's but content. But also, age wise, this guy, August, is 27, she's 48. Now, again, if it was the other way around and it was Will with a 27-year-old and, you know, he's 51, it would be seen very negatively, I think. Whereas with her having a younger guy, it's like, oh, look at you, Jada. You go, girl. Look at you with your young boy. I disagree. I'll tell you why. Because I think, number one, Will Smith looks incredible for his age. Mm. And number two, I think because he looks incredible for his age and because... Yeah, so does she. But I think because he looks really good for his age and number two like he's not like let's do, how old is this guy again 27 27 yeah so if he was like i think 27 is old enough that mm. like you can make your own decisions about if you're into older guys mm. or girls or whatever like it's not so, you're not, not 17 you're not a victim <laughs> yeah. at 27 do you know what i mean like, you could still get brainwashed you could still you know get taken yeah, advantage but they're both, of but like, in this situation it's they're not both that, yeah. they're both still very attractive people yeah. he's an attractive guy she's an attractive woman so like it's not surprising that maybe someone in their mid to late 20s would be wanting slash happy to sleep with them so i don't mm. find that surprising um so the age thing for me doesn't really play into it um in either direction, whether or not, you know, if it, if it came out that Will Smith was 51 and sleeping with 27-year-old girls, I, I wouldn't be like, ooh, that's pervy. Like, again, he looks good for his age. He's got a, he still works out. He's got a good mm. physique. Like, he's, he doesn't look old and haggard. Mm. There are some... I think it would be different if she was like... What is she, 47, 48? If she was like... 48. If she was 48 and really haggard looking mm. and then sleeping with like a 27-year-old young guy because she's got money and wealth mm. and pay, fame and power, mm. then it becomes creepy. I think the fact that she's still a very attractive woman... So looks are everything, huh? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But it plays a part. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because like clearly like he would... Let's put it this way. If she wasn't rich and famous and powerful, would he still want to fuck her? The answer is probably yes. Mm. So if you remove fame, money, power out of the equation and you would still want to fuck this person, then I don't think it's creepy. Mm. Like, for example, the whole like Harvey Weinstein Ugh. thing. Yeah. If he wasn't rich, there's no 18-year-old who's going to want his cock in her mouth. I don't think any of them did want it. I think he forced every single fucking yeah, girl sure, because he's but like, so disgusting. Sure, but like this is what I mean. Like, no one would want that. Whereas, like, if he was like this powerful rich movie producer who was also like really handsome and like he had but it all going on. this is where the whole rape thing, like this is where blurred lines because then, oh, if you're a really good looking guy and you're sexually, you know, assaulted a woman, somehow it doesn't seem as bad as a really gross, ugly person doing it. But it, it does, at some level it isn't quite as bad because I, I'm going to, just bear with me on this one. Uh -huh. Follow my train of thought. Like, sorry, no one can see us now, but like I'm like ready to like beat the crap out of him. <laughs> bear with me while I take you on this little uh -huh. journey, right? So let's just say you, like, let's just use me, right? Mm. Let's just say 10 years ago, I'm like in my early 20s 
and I've got this female boss who like might be like 45 years old but she's like a real MILF mm. and she goes to me like you know like if you go down on me or if you like come back to my place and like let me fuck you or whatever or, like like ride you or whatever like I'll give you that promotion I'd be mm. like alright cool you're hot I'll, I'll do that if you're like 50 years old and like haggard and like just absolutely like vile looking and then you're like it's just different because if you're genuinely attracted to the person that is saying do me this sexual favor and you'll get something that you want then like you're more inclined to do it if there is no sexual attraction whatsoever and you are performing this act to get something that you want then that changes it slightly yeah but you're also just saying like you know, I'm not day, saying look, that it's okay for good-looking people no, to rape people. No, but it's just people, the, the looks like, give you that extra bit of power to get to be able to manipulate people. No, it's not even manipulate because well, at some level you want it as that. well, though. Hmm? Because at some level you would want it. Yeah, but it's an abuse of power. It's yeah, but like again, like advantage. if I had this 45-year-old really smoking hot milf boss that was just like, if you like, if you let me suck your dick, you can have a promotion of that. Darling, I would have let you suck my dick anyway. Like, do you know what I mean? All right, but what if it was a really anyway, hot male boss who asked you to suck his dick? Well, then, like, he's in danger of getting, like, a broken jaw. Like, it's different. I don't know why it's different, but it's... Di- Again, because I suppose it's what I'm attracted to. Mm. If I'm attracted to you and you ask me to perform you a sexual favour... I'll happily and willingly do it. If I'm unattracted to you and you ask me to perform a sexual favour, it's now creepy and gross. It's, it, it, it depends. Okay, I, I, I get what you're saying, and it is a tough one, but but that's what I'm saying, where I feel like it someone who is good-looking gets away with doing a lot more shit sure. than someone who isn't, sure. just purely based on them being pretty. Sure. That's pretty fucked up. But the whole world itself. works like that. Hmm? The whole world works like that. I know. Well, it's just fucked up. People anyway, get jobs because, you know. But this is the, you know, when we talk, you know, again, it's a stereotype thing. Like, I've noticed, so when I had my business, um, I noticed all of a sudden I started getting CVs with people putting their pictures on them, which is something I've never seen before. And it's a very American thing. But I think it's infiltrated British culture. Is that now, now a norm? Yeah, because I've not I think written so. a CV since like 2000. My last CV had a picture of me yeah. on it. I kind of don't like that because I think that's already putting out the judgment. People are then looking like, oh, he's quite cute. Yeah, we'll give him an interview. Oh, no, she she, she, she looks like she's a bitch. She looks like a Karen. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> look at that hair. I dude. really like this new Karen thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so all of a sudden, people having that, they're not even looking at actually what you've written on your CV. They're already starting their judgment on Yeah, the but look. then that judgment would have just taken place at the interview. Like, it's... Yeah, but you could still charm them with your knowledge you can, with your confidence sure, with you, can, your, you know you whatever can. you're good at but there is I, I can't remember the, the exact statistics off the top of my head but i've i've read that uh, there is uh, and from reliable sources that there is a very clear um correlation between attractiveness and ability to secure a job like better looking people get jobs easier yeah and, and uh, not just in necessarily um you know in public facing roles just like uh, and even men, like if you're hiring, a man is hiring another man or a woman is hiring another woman. It's just, I guess it's just, if someone is easier on the eye, I don't know why, but people, and it's it's one of those horrible prejudices because no one has control over whether or not they're deemed to be classically beautiful or not in the male or female context. But if you're dealt a good hand in life and you're considered to be, you know, beautiful, whether that be male or female, 
uh, or you know, beautiful or handsome, whatever it is, you're more likely to get a job from from either member of uh, from either sex mm. um, interviewing you. So it's yeah. it's just one of those things. It's the way the world works. Ugly people, for some, well, not you know, if if you're not considered so attractive, you're gonna f- maybe find it a little bit harder to, especially like in a public facing job. Like mm. if you've got this reception role and you've got some frumpy like wearing cardigan wearing like granny looking sort of 50 year old or you've got this hot 25 year old in a pencil skirt like who's getting the job it should be who's more qualified yeah i know but this yeah. is, this doesn't work like this uh, so this was i won't name the company actually i can name the company because they're long since out of business i used to work at phones for you many many moons oh, ago yeah and that's, we, sorry that sounded really weird oh yeah like, <laughs> why am i perving on phones for you and um so i got my job there despite the fact that i'm a guy because basically everyone that they had hired so far was a guy um and basically they interviewed me and my boss said to me after the fact that basically we'd already made the decision that we needed to hire a female to balance out the team because it was nothing but guys but you know you came you impressed and you kind of it. expected that in phone shops most of the time anyway this was usually when young I first ethnic started, guys you, d- you know black asian you know you didn't get very many white boys who work no, in phone shops there's a lot of i mean basically so uh, and that shop really did live up to all the stereotypes there was like me the turk uh and there was basically it was the turk and a bunch of asian guys basically um but our hiring policy afterwards when we really was like we really do need to balance out the team a bit and get a few females in here basically we're taking all the cvs everyone would come in for an interview and then at the end of the day we would basically all agree on who we thought was the hottest out of the people that turned up and she got the job you're such dickheads. And it was purely based on who we thought was the hottest. It made no difference yeah, whether or not I had a job back in the not. day at a place which no longer exists called Madhouse. Do you remember Madhouse? It was a kind of sports shop. No, I worked in one in Muswell Hill. Uh, I'm sure it was Muswell Hill or Crown. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Muswell Hill. Um, and I remember, like, it was one of my very first shot jobs. I was probably 16. And the only reason I got the job was because they wanted the cute, short, booby girl to stand at the front entrance to attract people in. So initially when I first started there, I was like, you know, thinking I'm going to get trained in all these different areas. And they literally No, no, we hired you for your boobs. Yeah, they literally just turned around and said, no, no, you just stand at the front of the shop. Just stand uh, there and look pretty. uh, Yeah, just so we can try and draw some. And I'm like, you're actually telling me this is what you're doing. They're like, "That's, that's why we've hired you. We just want you to stand there and just hopefully guys come in and then they buy stuff. And I'm like, wow. This this is really what life is like in the big bad world out there, you know. And for a sixteen year old to be throwing that in your face straight away, going like, "Yeah, your looks is what's gonna change things." And actually, maybe that's subconsciously why I started my own business at twenty three. You know, I didn't really ever really work for anybody mm. much. After I mean, I did a lot of like PA, customer service, call center jobs. And again, even looking back at that, like the per, you know, the perviness in call centers fucking hell man like yeah i can imagine oh god yeah the more i think about stuff which has gone on through my life the more i'm like men are fucking pervs (laughs) like i've dealt with so many pervy situations so hardwired into us to just fuck anything that moves you have to understand that basically everything that a man does everything that a man does regardless of like just take this as a male 
any red-blooded male does everything that he does in order to get laid whether or not that's be try and get a job that pays well so that you can afford to provide to have a nice car to buy nice clothes jewelry whatever it is or it's just every single fiber of our being is telling us to fuck at all times of the day we wake up with bonus for god's sake like morning wood is a thing like we wake up with a boner like what more can what more do you want biology to tell you about how men's brains are wired you know what women are very horny women have can be very sexual like but it's more of a spectrum it's more of a spectrum i think with women i think the distribution curve is much is much different i think there are more women in the middle and there are or maybe in the middle towards the less horny end i think there are some horny women who are just as horny as the horniest of men but my life experience tells me that there are much fewer of those i think the av the average man is much hornier than the average woman and it's just the way our brains are wired like i and i've said this like openly to my girlfriend and she said the same thing as well it's like you know you're just you are wired to basically as i walk down the street I am glancing at every single person and if they are a female I am forming an instant split second snap judgment on I would I wouldn't I would I wouldn't I would I would I would I would I wouldn't and that is really like at this age every single day of my life I'm gonna say something here I do the same thing with most people I see on road. You just form a, a split second. It takes you less than half a second. Yeah. You take a glance at them I'd fuck him. I, I always fuck do him. it. I'd you know him. what when I'm in the car and like you know when you stop at the lights and you're checking who's of on course. either side and i'm always like oh, you're not that hot i'm just gonna turn away and it's really bad because i'm like but if you were hot I'd be like hey give them the eye and then like start singing along it's and just like the way the world works yeah it's bad we're bad people humans are awful we just need to just be humans wiped out need and start to over. understand like you I, I think a lot of the problem with humans is we think way too highly of ourselves and we seem to see ourselves like entirely separate from the animal kingdom it's like look listen not that long ago we were fucking foraging around for like food and chasing our dinner with a stick yeah like Mm. we're just animals Mm. who are programmed to fuck the Mm. same way that every other animal so everything that you do as a woman or everything that i do as a man is about attracting the opposite species or the opposite sex should i say Mm. not the opposite species some people (laughs) some people are into different species we're not going down that road we won't go down that road today but yeah it's just we're just wired like that and i think we yeah i i can't say anything to you other than we're just wired like that and my missus is the same she's like yeah i mean i do the same thing i just walk down the street and it's like he's hot he's not he's not he's he is and it's just that's just the way we work but i think men are just a bit more maybe a bit more driven by it Mm. possibly i think it just comes down to like you can think like that it's just how you behave and how you act and a lot of people need to go back to basics on how they treat other humans you know the way you talk the way you you know and the and respecting people and their boundaries and i think if people you know would just be a little bit more thoughtful about that there'll be a lot less like unnecessary situations because you know sometimes it is a simple thing of you know people you know a guy may have just brushed past a girl and she might be a little bit drunk and she's like what the fuck are you doing and then it turns into a big yeah, thing yeah, and whatever yeah. you know and sometimes things are completely just taken out of context and fights on you know start and craziness happens unnecessarily 
you know, these accidents happen, but a lot of the times it isn't about those little situations. It's about those guys who think they're invincible, those guys who think they've got, they've, they're allowed to do what they want because they're a guy, because they're yeah, a man. Yeah, because like they're good looking, they think they can get away with shit a lot more because of the sparkle in their eye and the cheeky smile, you know? And you might be, yeah, maybe in a job interview it works, but it doesn't mean you do that on every other aspect of your life and it doesn't mean you can then get away with treating women. No, but the, those people probably don't understand like the nuance of like sort of behavior and, and you know, rapport building with people and just like how to how to act you know like i said it's one thing me walking down the street and scanning every person that walks past me and mm. forming like just that you know following that base programming of would i fuck you would i not and how i then choose to act on that that might just be like i look at you i i judge your hotness and then i either look away or i might if you are quite good looking i might look for a second or two longer and maybe if i catch you looking then i'll be like oh she caught me looking and then look away it's it's different to then like her catching me looking and be like Ugh. yeah but the, what, what i want to know like, is the, what like, is the difference between is it the way they've been raised the guys who think it's okay to be really crass and really gross and really i like, think it's forward, what they've seen from their parents or from what they've seen then it, from, then from that's people so then them. education it needs to start it's an education problem 100%. from home and in school because i don't know if you saw i don't know if you watch much terrestrial tv but mm, channel four they had a documentary on none these days a school uh the school who tried to end racism uh, actually that's the about the only thing that I've watched on terrestrial TV in the last year. I only saw the last episode a few days ago. And I, I cried my half eyes out. of an episode the <laughs> other day around around my girlfriend's house. Oh, uh, and I really liked that. But I think like things like that really for an also like, on on sexual abuse and I thought know, it was an amazing thing they tried to amazing. do. Amazing, and the fact that it could really like children's brains can absorb so much and they're so willing and able to learn and try and understand and they're so you can shape their thought yeah but they're also they are really naive and vulnerable so actually they do get you know they can easily follow the wrong path just because the masses say or do whatever it is and if we can start like you know from a young age kids need to learn that these things aren't okay and how you know and to try to teach them respect and boundaries i think that's really important because then oh, sure. it will shape them when they're teenagers when they start doing drugs and drinking and you know that that's when it's easy for lines to get blurred or people lose their inhibitions and act a certain way but if you've had it instilled in you from such a young age 100%, 100%, it will yeah. probably stay with you through your crazy stupid moments and altercations and situations which you get in you establish those kind of like baseline behaviors with kids in all aspects like you know you the same way that you that you're drumming into the ears of toddlers that it's not okay to lie it's not okay to steal you shouldn't hit and all of these like the the core messages that you always hear children being told it needs to, it needs to be one of those messages that goes alongside with hitting isn't okay stealing isn't okay it's not okay to swear at people and it's not okay to touch people in inappropriate places mm. you don't how often have you heard that conversation being had with young children mm. very rarely how many times have i heard those other conversations being had all the damn time mm. so it's just it's 100 percent an education thing and it needs to be you know kids even more so than adults are you know they follow the herd mm. they don't want to be the, the the fish that's swimming against the stream they you know if everyone around them is acting in a certain way 
you know you don't want to be the one that stands out mm. that's when you get yourself bullied that's mm. when all of these sorts of things happens or you stand out you're not popular oh that guy's weird so you know you just you make it really clear from that really young age that that behavior is unacceptable and that will just it will follow through with them i think into mm. into old rage and once you've instilled that message in the same way that you instill lying isn't okay stealing isn't okay all of that stuff you just instill walking past some girl and just grabbing her ass is not okay mm-hmm. you know you wouldn't like it if your mum you know you was walking down the street and some guy grabbed your mum's mm-hmm. ass you'd, you'd have something to say about it or they should do some more maybe some social experiments like that for those guys who are those absolute fucking pervy bastards yeah just set know, it up set it up and have their mum getting like you know not actually getting groped but yeah, like, but some, like you know, from an, an, an actor and an their mum's on board yeah, with yeah, it exactly. or whatever and just see how they how they react yeah. and be like ah oh, See that? That was really horrible, wasn't it? Right. Maybe you should think twice about, you know, how you're acting out in public next time or next time you're in a club or in a bar, Mm. you know, brushing up against the girl's ass or like, you know, all of that sort of shit. Like I've seen it before. Like, you know, you're like trying to squeeze down the bar or something. You just like rub your crotch. You know, people are rubbing their crotch against like girls' asses. And it's just not like, it's not cool. We're probably, I'm probably, I could easy thousands not even hundreds of times it happened thousands of times to think of from the age of you know and i i my boobs and bum grew from quite an early age so it was like 11 12 i was always already quite a curvy girl but literally from that age on onwards whether sitting on a bus and someone just kind of squeezing up a bit too close to you Mm. you know or being you know when you get to 16 17 and you start hanging out parks or whatever and you know then you start you're underage drinking but then you go to bars and clubs and things and like everywhere the amount of guys who just it was normalized behavior for them to just try to touch you a little bit like it's a little fix it it felt like they just needed to get their fix of like female uh contact you know like oh if i just you know and even in the times when you can just they're sniffing you and it's like, oh, you oh can sniffing just, is weird. Oh, sniff that, you know, and you're walking past and you can just go, you hear that. And you're like, oh, that's really weird. Happens a lot. Okay. A I, lot. Oh, yeah, that's there, cringe. There's a lot of gross. That feels even worse than like brushing against yeah, someone by yeah. accident. And also, but just even certain touches like feel worse than when a guy touches, tries to touch your thigh in a thigh. That's like, no, that's just feels a little too All right, close. so let me ask you a question. You're in a crowded bar, club, whatever it is, and a guy's trying to get past. He puts his hand, like, on your upper arm or shoulder to scooch past Fine. you. That's no problem. cool. Don't put it around my waist. And yeah. don't put it, like, yeah, anywhere lower. No. Shoulder's cool if shoulder's I'm not just cool. brushing you aside from yeah, the shoulder. Because, yeah. like, if I'm trying to scooch for a bar, like, I guess also, if, like, for me, if I'm, like, trying to grab the average person's waist, it's, like... Really far away. <laughs> really far away. So, like, I tend to just sort of, like... You know, you know when you're just like negotiating mm. a crowd. Mm-hmm. I tend to use shoulders as a way of like, or you know, like the upper back or something to sort of like, mm-hmm. I'm behind you. Don't mm-hmm. walk backwards mm-hmm. with that drink in your mm-hmm. hand, or you're gonna bump into me or whatever yeah. it is, that sort of thing. But like, yeah, I, I've always felt like upper arm, like elbow and above, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like that's the respectable area. And you know, I don't know if you ever heard this story. I think some university students, female university students in America, created. Uh, a clothing i can't remember what it was which they connected to some sort of system where every time they got touched like hand, i recorded it so it did a um it ins- what's it when you've got the heat from your body you know like what's the, what's that 
you know, if the heat from the body touches a material. Right, okay, and they like some sort of like thermal. Thermal recording. They could right, do some okay. sort of that. And like literally the numbers were ridiculous. And obviously it was recording like how quick, how often. This is just her being in a bar with some friends. Right, okay. Um, and I just thought that was amazing that, you, you know, like you could literally actually physically have statistics showing of you. Of where she's getting touched. Yeah. But also if you did just they look- do that comparison with guys then at all? that would have been an interesting I w- No, I don't think they did. Uh, I find because I'm so short, when I'm having to go through crowds, like no one sees me anyway. So I'm always like waist level for most people. <laughs> yeah. So I tend to actually have to touch people around their waist because for me... Well, if, otherwise if, you're reaching up is weird. <laughs> is, it is. It's weird for me to try and touch your shoulder. So going past, if I was going past you in a bar... You'd and have to touch my waist. I'd have to touch your waist. But that's like, well, what else am I meant to do? I'm not being well, a Well, literally here. without just... reaching straight up into the air, you wouldn't be able to reach my yeah. shoulder. So. so for me, I think it's okay to do that. But if a guy Yeah, but again, look, there's context waist. there. Like if, if like you was in a bar and you was like, I don't know, a five foot nine, five foot ten girl and you're in heels and you're really high up and then this really short guy is trying to scooch past you and you sort of look down and like you're, you know, peering at the top of his head, it's suddenly not weird if he touched your lower back mm. to scooch past you. Mm. Whereas if he's But it's like, also it's not just the touching to scooch, it's the ones who give you the little The grab. lingering touch. The well, lingering uh, touch or the like little there's a little bit of force in it. There's a little trying to have a little pinch of your bum, you know, a little grab there or a little right, just right, right. you know, that's or they're just a little too close. You can walk past somebody but not be body to body like impact. Do you know what sure, I mean? You yeah, could yeah. still be walking past and just your hand is moving them away but a lot of the times you'd also get guys who are full-on like pretending they're getting pushed into you just right, to like right. get into your space and this is oh, it like so how do you pick not, your yeah, battles that's... do you fight with every single guy do you try and like make a scene do you stand up on a chair and like point at them and tell everyone to throw their drinks at them like what are you meant to do because it's seen as such a minor thing oh he just tried to touch you oh come on like, oh, big deal. You know, don't get over it. Come on, let's just enjoy the rest of our night. Let's, let's not make a big thing of it. You know, it's not the end of the world. So it just gets like diminished into this nothingness. But it starts from that. Those are the guys who then push it that little bit further and that little bit further. And they think if no one's saying anything and no one's calling them up on it, it's okay. And they're the ones who need to really be shamed for just doing the minor thing, which seems like it's not a big deal, before they start doing the really big fucking scary shit hmm. yeah it's it's a really there's it's a very nuanced subject i think and there's there's a lot of as with all things in life there is a lot of gray areas and it's there's nuance and context in what's okay and what's not okay and i think it's impossible to just have like a blanket rule that covers all situations like you know, um, i'm saying there's a blanket rule on don't fucking touch me if you don't need if yeah, yeah like reason. well as in like with in terms of the gray area yeah so there is like a clear like line of like when you're squeezing past someone in a bar you do not need to cup their ass cheek and squeeze mm-hmm. but then there's like a gray area like i don't know maybe like my hand was sort of like on your mid back and maybe like my hand lingered a little bit maybe because i found you attractive mm. i was trying to get you to notice me i didn't do anything weird i just kind of like maybe just lots of like you know sort of like as i came past you maybe i just like touched your back and then i sort of looked over my shoulder to see if you was looking at me mm. tried to catch your eye you didn't look or you looked and you looked away you wasn't interested like you know it's it can if you're not being creepy about it it can be a way to kind of like catch someone's eye mm. start a conversation mm. but like but do you know what I mean? There's a there's a there's a really hard 
it's really hard to kind of to judge that was okay that wasn't okay because again like it's context like if you're but this is also when like people talk about consent and stuff it's like you know what if you ask it's not it also guys forget that you can actually talk to us you can just come up and be like excuse me do you mind if i speak with you or you know could i introduce me like why is it why does does all this other shit we have to do the touching and the icon and all this other stuff just fucking come over introduce yourself shake my hand you know what i mean or like and then and then see where it goes shake my hand feels weird if i oh, walked I mean, up to yeah. a girl that i liked in the world like hello my name is <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right maybe not but then i'm talking like as in that's a respectful like first yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. you're not going to go in with a hug and a kiss for someone you're just introducing yourself to unless it was friends of friends or something like that but if it's a stranger in a bar like you don't need to play these games of, oh, let me just kind of brush past her as an excuse to go to the par and give her a lingering look and like, you know, a slight, keep my hand there for slightly longer in the hope that she'll look up and think I'm attractive and then we can start a conversation. It really doesn't need to be like that. You can just be See, like, I hey. I think this, this comes back down to what we were saying last time about the lack of game oh, in yeah. today's world. And I think it's kind of that lack of just, Maybe it's a lack of confidence in yourself or your own looks or whatever to just kind of just walk up to a girl and be like, hi. Mm. Just walk up to her, have a smile on your face and be like, hi. Mm. And if she smiles back, then you probably got like a conversation mm -hmm. to have. If she just screws you, then it's like, oh, clearly yep. she's either not in the mood or doesn't yeah. think I'm good looking. Yeah. And Next. at least you've not wasted time and assuming and planning in your head all this other shit when you could just go in and just say hi. And I think because of online dating, a lot of that physical interaction has really gone out the window. Like people need to learn how to actually physically talk to each other again. Yeah, and it's a whole I loss. miss that. I, I mean, I'm one of those people who, when I'm walking down the street, I smile and like say hello to people sometimes. Or just mm. like, I'm, a, you know, and I may be seen as a weirdo because British people don't tend to do that. It's a very American thing. Like, but if I'm on the train, if someone's Londoners like, don't do yeah. that. Go outside the London and That's everyone true. says hi. If I'm on the tube and someone did start talking to me, so I would quite happily have a conversation with someone next to me than just read the newspaper or pretend to read it or have earphones on pretending I give a shit about what do I'm you know, listening sometimes to. Sometimes some people just don't get the cues when you don't want to have a conversation. Though. Yeah. Like, it's just someone like, oh, I've had it a few times on the tube, but someone just like, sometimes they'll just come and they'll, they'll have a short conversation with you for like 30 seconds or a minute and that's cool. I've also had other times where like someone is just like, you know, when you're clearly not into the conversation because mm. I'm giving you really short replies, maybe not even one word replies, mm. but maybe I'm replying with a sentence, but like it's a short sentence. Mm. I'm not asking any questions back. I'm clearly not mega interested in this conversation. And it's like people trying to force a conversation mm. on me. It's like, oh, See, I don't away. tend to start conversations, but I what I do is I, I think I can, I look quite warm and open and inviting. So that people feel comfortable that if they do want to talk to me, they can. And because I'm a bit too nice, sometimes I end up letting the wrong people talk to me. And I am the one who will sit there listening to that person where I have no interest in what they say, but I'm just being polite for my own... I've done it once where I've got off a carriage and just waited for the next <laughs> train two minutes later. So I'm just like, oh, man. Yeah. I got talking to... This guy just started talking to me about... I had my laptop bag with me on it. Uh, and he was like, oh, like, a really nice laptop there. And I was like, oh, thanks, dude. And he's just like... But it's just like... You know, if I was interested in having this conversation with you, I'd ask you about, oh, what laptop have you got? If I haven't asked you that, or like, you know, barely looked up to acknowledge your thing, like, I'm, you know, I think I was just on the commute, I'm tired, just leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it just 
kept like for two stops. It was just like asking me question after question after question. I was like, all right, cool, I got to get off here. Bye. And I just, I just legit just got off, and I was like, I'm getting the next train. I can't be fucked. Yeah. It just, it feels easier to do that. Yeah. I think it's a British thing. Yeah. So it feels easier to just, but do you know what? Try I'm just still be polite in a way. Yeah. Instead of just saying I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. Like just get yeah. the fuck out of my face. Yeah. Hmm. So, I think, I think that covers all the areas that we wanted to cover for today. Yeah, we don't want to uh, overload with the deep talks on all the like... It's been some deep topics today. Yeah. There hasn't been much light-hearted stuff. It will come. I guess, well, this is it. Everything it isn't always light-hearted and we do need to, you know, deal with... And I think we're in a... 2020 has been a year of a lot of hard shit being thrown at I us. I can't wait for 2020 to fuck off. I'm done with 2020. Well, who knows? It could just... It could, it get, could get worse. worse. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, there's no guarantees that it's getting any better, I think. Yeah, but who says it, it's... It's worse. Like, mate, this might be the year of just humanity to fucking deal with their shit and, you know, sit with yourself and learn about your behavior and your and what's going on in the world and how could you change to be a better person, you know, with Black Lives Matter movement, like, feels like it isn't just a, a moment thing. Like, this is something which no, it feels instinctive like changes need to happen and that's, like, on all aspects so in I've, our world. I've described the whole... Uh, black lives matter movement as more so it feels to me more like that we ain't having it no more movement mm, mm. and rightly so like i think just there's but it's not going to be it's not going to be a change that's going to happen in 2020 mm. or even in 2021 it's going to be it's going to be little changes but i think it feels like it's gathered enough momentum now for it to to be a a topic that doesn't just disappear off yeah. into the ether again i think yeah. it's kind of it's here to it's here to stay for for the time being and mm. i think it feels like it won't really go away now mm. it's kind of it's it's bubbled up mm -hmm. and it's obviously it's been bubbling up for a very long time mm. uh, and we're not talking years we're talking decades and centuries but I, I feel like it's all come to a head this year and i don't mm. know what it is about 2020 which has kind of made 2020 be the year that it has sort of come to a head but it it clearly has um i think it's just it's actually just more the fact that with social media there's more footage there's more you know we're just being we're it's everything's being put in our faces way more i don't think the racism today is i don't even think it's any worse than it was in the past yeah, it's, it's probably just, better it's just than it was in the past it. yeah it's just yeah. more visible now yeah um but let's not go on on the no because that that'll nother, turn into a whole another yeah. two hour thing all by itself. So maybe that can be next a week, topic for next, next week. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear what people think of what we're talking about, and if they have any views and comments, please share your views and comments with us on what we've been discussing. And if there are any topics you'd like us to discuss, then feel free. Or if you want to send us some questions or the topics to debate. We are open for everything. We are indeed. Cool. Right. And I thanks think on that note, yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Ciao.